Hello, friends, and welcome back to everybody's favorite therapy-themed podcast. This is This Changes Everything. I'm Sarah Rising. With me, as per usual, is my bestie, Therapy Jeff. How are you doing, Therapy Jeff? I'm good, Sarah. How are you? I'm super good. You know, I didn't mean for us to have a almost scripted intro like that. But I am like, I don't know, a person of habit, creature of habit, and I don't realize that I'm saying the same thing over and over. And now I'm like, okay, well, uh, this is now our our official intro. And I love it. Yeah. I I hope, I imagine that there are people who like say it along with me. (laughs) I'm sure most people. And then we'll like get thrown off if I mixed it up. Exactly. So for all you people out there, Mm -hmm, you are mm -hmm. welcome. Yeah. Are you still, uh, are you still running? No. Oh my God. This is hilarious. No. <laughs> Eli and I both have a lot of regrets. Not only did we shell out 60 bucks to do this thing, but both of us, I don't know what our problem was. If we went too hard, too fast, Sarah. but he is uh, scheduled to have an MRI on his knee next what? week because he has some sort of tear or something. Like he couldn't even walk down the stairs after his five mile run. And I... Uh, did something to my foot. Like I either have a, a stress fracture or like a bruise on the bone oh. or something where I still can't wear hard sole shoes. Like I have a pair <laughs> of clogs. I can't even put them on and it's been two weeks. So we are like a week and a half. So yeah, we have, uh, since given our tickets to two other, uh, suckers, <laughs> Who are going to run with our bibs in our place? I'm hoping this person's like super fast, so that I could just like brag about how well I did. But I don't sure, know, not uh, Sarah, it. we were bragging that we were professional athletes. I last know week. what's wrong with You're me. Falling Here's apart. what I learned. I like I, I think I need to do something that's like a little more your speed, like Orange yeah. Theory style. Like you know, uh-huh. I I am. I'll throw down with some weights. I love working out. I will hike for miles, but. Mm. This gal's got like one gear, first gear, one speed. That's it. We're like, I shouldn't, I should not Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. be kicking it up. No. And running is really hard on your body outside on the pavement or in the dirt. Like you could easily get hurt and you did. And I hope you've learned your lesson. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get it. And all my friends who are like, you know, in the, that sports or nutrition, like athletic world are like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Don't do that. What are you thinking? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think you're just going to like get out there and do that? Like you're not 18. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Mm-hmm. So. I'm sorry, Sarah. No. Yeah. We even had like a plan for like a big outdoorsy vacation this summer. And now we have to like dial it back because he might have like knee surgery or some shit. Oh. Can you believe oh. this? <laughs> so what did you do instead last week? Anything Anything fun? Oh, this okay. So much to report. Yeah. Uh, last weekend was our anniversary, oh, our one year anniversary. Wow, one year. That's a long I time. Oh, mm-hmm. in like uh, over the age of thirty-five years, that's like seven years. Oh yeah, that's of, seven years, right? One year is the new seven, or seven yeah, years is the totally. new one year. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, to celebrate, it was actually perfect timing. So for my birthday, Eli got me a very exciting gift, and. Mm. Uh, and something that we have been trying to schedule and use for my birthday was in February. Okay. <laughs> that, there you go. Okay. Uh, so I've always been very interested in trying, uh, like rope play mm-hmm. and Tell like more. entry level, like, you know, kink, explore some yes. ropes in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And never had an interested partner or somebody I felt comfortable sharing this with. So I was ta- like, we've talked about this in past podcasts. We took like that, how kinky are you set, like mm-hmm. sex quiz and everything when we like mm-hmm. first started dating. And uh, so he got, got us like a couple's class at the, the old like role play studio. And we took a, an, a seven hour beginner like 101 introduction to Mm -hmm. that whole world class uh on our actual anniversary i thought the timing of that was so perfect were there a lot of people there there were there were probably 12 couples Mm -hmm. super diverse different ages different sexual orientations genders like Mm -hmm. everything represented different sizes different Mm -hmm. it's like it was one of the most inclusive and comfortable 
communities I've ever been a part of, oh, even for I a minute. That. It was so fun. Do you like being tied up or doing the tying? I like being tied up. And I'll tell you, this was something that took me a while to understand and even, uh, I don't know, be comfortable exploring. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always liked that feeling of being kind of like restricted. Like it makes me feel yeah, very strained. Yeah. Like comfortable and relaxed. It's like being swaddled in a weird way. <laughs> and it, it, it's kind of like a weighted blanket or, you know, this is what really made me think, Oh, maybe I would like this. Uh, uh, my co-host of the other podcast I host for Christmas one year, got me this compression sleep sack that was on mm. Shark Tank that's like basically sleeping in a human <laughs> condom. And it is my favorite thing. Nothing calms me down, makes me relax or fall asleep faster. And when I am in that thing, I do not move. So it like makes me feel very present and connected to my body. It's yeah. very calming. So it doesn't feel like claustrophobic nope. or a little scary that you like can't get out or it'd be hard to struggle like to get out? No. In fact, the only time in the class where I had a moment of that mm -hmm. was when Eli had me all tied up and then went to go check the like model, the woman who was like demoing mm -hmm. it up at the front. And he was like, stay here for a minute. And he just left me there, and I was like, oh, no. And I panicked for a minute because I was like, if I fall over, I'm going down. Like, I better not, like, sneeze or something, like, in this situation. Like, so that was the only moment where I had that. And it, and it yeah. kind of showed me then that his presence and me trusting him and us talking about everything was the thing that made me feel so comfortable Mm -hmm. in doing that it is such an exercise in trust and communication and i'd say a good hour of the class was spent discussing consent and mm. how to uh, uh you know have like explicit consent or implicit consent like these different kinds of ways yeah. that you can discuss this it was so like I left feeling like I am so sexually healthy and oh, so like, progressive and like so progressive and look at us <laughs> like and the is communication there, is a plus over here. Is there so something, <laughs> is there something about like, do you feel like it's hot to like try to maybe like struggle to get out a little bit, but not be able to like, is there, is that a turn on for you? It's so weird because I think it's really different for everyone. You can mm -hmm. see that was the really interesting thing about seeing the different couples even go through the day and how they participated in the class and what people would jump to like get excited about like or do or mm -hmm. uh, some people would switch and like Eli had absolutely no interest in being tied up. The instructor had absolutely no interest in being tied up. He's like, I tried mm. it. I hate it. You mm -hmm. know, and other people switched like a lot of couples switched and would both try it. Um, yeah. What was the first thing that you asked? No, if if, it, if it's a turn on that you oh, like oh, yes. are trying to get out, but you can't. Yeah. Like, so I think it's different for, for everybody. About, right. Like for me, it it's not even, it's so strange because like the actual act isn't what's super sexy to me. It's the feeling of relaxation that I get from that that hmm. allows me to be present enough to enjoy sex and feel connected to my partner mm -hmm. rather mm -hmm. than like disassociating in my mind and like going somewhere else and checking out, which is kind of like what mm -hmm. I've had a past of doing, history mm -hmm. of doing. Mm -hmm. So, but I could see how different people in the class use it differently, how some people who, um, you know, maybe like a little more of the like feeling that you get from the drugs that are released and chemicals that are released in sure. your brain from putting yourself in those experiences mm -hmm. or experiencing pain like that. You can see people who are kind of chasing that mm -hmm. and it's different for everybody. And that even taught me a whole lot. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I feel there's so many places you can go. I feel like the place that I go is like, yes, I like to tie up my partner and the role play connected to it is just like, you've been so bad and now you have to be tied up. 
and now See, I get to do it, you know, fun. like whatever I want to do to you. Yeah. And you're restrained and you're trying to get out of those ropes, but they're just a little too tight for you, you know? And this teaches you how to do that, but safely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like taking That's care important. of each other, talking to each other. There's so much about aftercare, you mm. know, so much about like how this is stuff that's, neg- it's so important to negotiate the, uh, uh you know, scene that you're doing, whatever, whether any kind of sexual interaction beforehand. So there isn't that like mid scene Mm -hmm. negotiation where you're dealing with like a bunch of chemicals that maybe make you agree to things that you wouldn't normally agree to. And And is there special sex rope that you use that like doesn't hurt your skin or a whole bunch of different kinds, unless you are into that, in which case there's rope for that as well. (laughs) So different kinds have like, it's, it, they talk about like what kind to use if you're going to do anything where you're like suspended off the ground and being able mm. to hold body weight and how to safely do that, how to avoid certain arteries and certain mm. um, uh, uh, like nerves. Mm-hmm. And and it was Interesting. freaking fun. And it was just a very intimate thing to do. Yeah. That like you feel... I felt so connect like all the couples. It was like everybody was all touchy feely and like cuddly and like, <laughs> and they made you like talk to your partner and like tell them what you were gonna do and like talk right, about right, consent. Right. So you're like practicing that. They talked about how to like vet partners and who's an appropriate pit like match if you're gonna do mm-hmm. something like this with somebody who's not your partner and. Mm-hmm. Was it, did it feel strange doing this in front of other, with other couples or at first, but then yeah. when the, uh, female friends took one of her, uh, the gals took her top off, I was like, Oh, <laughs> we're good. Yeah. Everybody's fine. Like yeah. it, it was approached in a way that was so normalized mm-hmm. that it mm. didn't seem at all like shameful or secretive and like Mm -hmm. and it wasn't like in a dungeon which was really nice it was like looked like a yoga studio like this Mm -hmm. is great Mm. i love that yeah i even if you're not into you know you don't think that's like oh i'm super into that like i think it would be such a great like thing to add some novelty and like play totally. and excitement into a relationship. And, oh my God. Yeah. You know? And you get to explore this like other side of you or a new side of you comes out in this situation. Even if you like go back and you never use ropes again, you like right. can play with that energy and explore different parts of you. So yes. I love yes. it. Yeah. You all should look up your local like rope play classes. They're everywhere. There were like multiple places, like options. And I don't know if it's because we got a big rock climbing community out here, Um, but you know, maybe there's a lot of overlap or something like that. (laughs) There probably is. Yeah. Uh, I got a question for you, Jeff. How do I relax after a stressful day or no, forget that. How do I relax uh, during a stressful day? (laughs) How do I get a good night's sleep? You should take Next Evo Naturals. They are CBD gummies. I love them. And the the you know what I do whenever I'm like researching things, especially if I'm putting something in my body, is that I do like deep dives into Google. I now ask all the AI bots what I should do. I scour the web. Yes. I make sure that I cover like every base so I can figure out what is the best thing to put in my body. And we've done all the research for you. If you're interested in natural CBDs, then Next Evo is where you should go. I love that. That is a really good point. So like, I mean, it has been so helpful for me. I have now Mm -hmm. re-upped my like, I don't know, subscription, I guess you can call it three Mm -hmm. times, like Mm -hmm. renewed what I got because I like definitely notice it when I'm not taking it on those. Like I always say the car rides, it's like car ride season. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this is like what helps me chill out, feel de-stressed and, uh, de hyphenated stressed. And, uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, and it's the, it's it's the thing that I struggle with most, which gets in the way of everything, is sleep. And if I ever want to like, for me personally, if I ever want to guarantee a good night's sleep for myself, yeah. then I take the next Evo uh, CBD gummies. Yeah, and I they take are the perfect. ones that are in the orange container. You go, yours are what purple container? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly. And they're gummies. I lo- like. I'm never going to forget to take a delicious sweet treat and one. <laughs> That makes me feel like relaxed. Hello. It's so good. I wake up so refreshed. It's amazing. So we want you to upgrade your CBD and you should go to nextevo.com slash changes to get 20% off your first order of $40 or more. That is 20% off $40 or more at nextevo.com slash changes. Yes. There are big differences between like CBD brands and like oh my god done the research for you support our show and like get the good stuff there you go (laughs) exactly well let's stay on topic and keep on talking about sexy subjects we asked all of you to send in your sex questions so we can have a sexy episode i think i've also gotten feedback that people like the the sort of questions the question answer format and they also want a topic where we sort of like stay on topic and so we're gonna try to do our best with that and today if you both yes we are going to talk about sex yeah. um so sarah where should we start oh let's start right at the top question okay. number one how can i work on increasing my sex drive yeah what do you got for us uh well l- right out of the gate i think the thing to remember is that sex drive is related to your physical and mental health So it is so important that we get regular physicals and talk to your doctor about this. These are the kind of things that could be an indicator of maybe another health condition. It's often a symptom instead of the actual problem. Do we get that right? The symptom instead of the... I'm blinking on that. We're back there. Yeah, the there, cause and not the symptom. It's the like cause, the line yeah, yeah, okay, from, we got it, we got it. from uh, 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 he was Sweet Transvestite from Transylvania. Come on. What's the movie? Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes. <laughs> we got yeah. it. Okay, good. Um, yeah, definitely. Like... You should like if if you if you notice a, a sharp decrease in sex drive, it's probably being caused by something. It could be health or medical related. It could be stress or emotionally related. It could be um, meds you're taking. Yeah, it could be meds you're taking. Uh, so, like, just kind of really check in with yourself, with your environment, with your body, with your mm-hmm. brain, with your emotions, uh, and and you know, sex drive goes up and down, right? Yeah. So, it changes if you can if you kind of like pull back, you can see that there's like changes throughout the years and in like the different you know parts of your stages of your life or the the ages and the generations that you're going through, but it also changes weekly, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so weekly, there's that. even daily. Daily, yes. I mean, different hormone spikes at different times of the day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I think also when talking about, like, increasing your sex drive, checking with yourself and, and saying, is it that I'm not looking to engage with a partner right now? And, like, or am I not even interested in sex at all? You know, mm-hmm. that can even give some information to whether mm-hmm. it's, like, a low libido or maybe mm-hmm. things that need to be discussed in the relationship. Yeah. You know. yeah. And, and maybe also maybe you're asking this question because you feel like you typically have a low sex drive. Uh, that's fine too. So maybe you just have like a low sex drive and you have a low libido. There's, there doesn't have to be anything wrong with that. Although I think that you might be shamed possibly or made to feel bad about it, maybe depending on like the partner that you're with. Um, I think there's a lot of messages out there in society too. That's just like, if you're not wanting to have sex all the time, that there might be something wrong with you. Or if you're not engaging in sexy stuff with your partner, then that's a red flag. Right. Yeah. You know, and like, it's so important to remember that really at the at the most basic level, we're all like still animals, like running around on the plains of Africa and stuff. Mm-hmm. And if we, you can imagine like a gazelle being chased by a lion and no gazelle is in the middle of like feeling 
like they're in danger and unsafe is going to be like, ooh, look at that sexy other gazelle over there. I think I want to do it. They're like, no, I got to keep myself safe. I got to keep running. So, mm-hmm. so much of our desire to have sex comes from f- that feeling of safety and mm-hmm. security. So mm-hmm. check in with yourself, you know. A lot of us have kind of been living, I feel like this like pandemic slash post-pandemic world, there's like this fight or flight, like, oh, is like activated. And, and just a lot of people have been dealing with so much anticipatory grief and grief for a while mm-hmm. and changes that that could make you feel like there's a lot of like that feeling of being like unsafe. And so I think reminding yourself and doing those things. I don't know. Maybe you're a weirdo like me who needs a sleep sack to like make them feel like they're in a little, like, I don't know, like burrow and, and like a animal like that and Uh relax or, you know, whatever you need to do to feel safe. And that can also help you Mm -hmm. feel, I don't know, more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or, you know, like Sarah did earlier this week, like go to like a fun little sexy class where you're sort of like pushed outside of your boundaries, but in a comfortable, safe kind of way. Um, so you might want to explore your kinks and try to figure out what, like how you can be more adventurous and how you can add novelty. You know, it's cliche, like you should add novelty to your sex life in order to continue to feel turned on, but it's cliche for a reason. Like this is what we need to be doing in order to keep that like spicy or chemistry, you know, alive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's one of those, if you don't use it, you lose it things? I mean, obviously not really. Like I like that's a joke. Like in the what is it, forty year old virgin? He's like, right? Uh, is it true that if you don't use it, you lose it? Like, but I mean, like that. I think it is. Like the more yeah, sex kind of I right. have with my partner, the more I want to have sex with them. Right? Totally. Like it's just like it. It just it keeps on. Or the more I masturbate, the more I want to masturbate. Like it's just it just happens. Uh, so and it's something that we need to prioritize if you want to prioritize it if it's important to you. You know. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. you could decide what's important for you. That's okay. Exactly. Um, okay, next question. Well, this one fits right in line with my mm-hmm. like opening monologue I gave. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Is enjoying rough sex a trauma response? What do you say, Sarah? Well, I and when I was, you know, I almost say like younger, but even like in my early thirties, like we're talking like not even that long ago, I thought so. Mm. I was kind of made to believe that by partners Mm -hmm. i felt really ashamed talking about it and now especially after last weekend Mm -hmm. i know that that is not necessarily the case it is in fact the opposite it could really help you explore desires it can help connect with like different parts of you um I think it can also really work to help you rewrite the narrative. If there was trauma, it's like getting to do it in a way that feels safe for you. And I'm not going to lie. I got teary eyed in the class because they were Mm -hmm. talking so much. Oh, I'll talk about it now. They were Mm -hmm. talking or I'll get teary eyed now. They were talking so much about consent and Mm -hmm. it felt like this was the first time I felt in control of the decisions that were happening in like mm-hmm. a way that I had never experienced. Mm-hmm. So, ah, so stupid. But <laughs> no, it, it, no, it lets you like stupid. that cliche thing of like taking back your power. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And you're doing it with Eli, who you feel like incredibly connected and in love with and safe with, right? So it's a it's a it's a huge corrective experience. Guys, if you're going to cry on a podcast, cry <laughs> on a podcast when your co-host is a therapist. It is <laughs> yes, great. And one. it yeah. will make you feel so validated. <laughs> and okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. But it's that. like a cathartic release. That's exactly. how tears... Maybe you guys are like me and you cry when you get like just yes. a well of emotion. And it, it's like how my stress is released through tears. So... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, poor Eli. I also, this is going to be like TMI, but here you go. I'm telling you everything on this podcast. I cry like after almost every orgasm. Oh, yeah. I can't help it. It's like an emotional release. And then I just get teary eyed and like, not like I'm sobbing, but like two or three tears come out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is wrong with me? But there you go. It's that, it's that release. I also cry when I go to the chiropractor. I cry <laughs> when I get a massage. It's, it's, 
an actual thing, somatic emotional release or emotional response, and it happens. And Sarah is here to normalize it. There you go, people. Because <laughs> it is. So, it's it's probably it's like upsetting when you don't know why you're crying or that you yeah. cry that often or like in these like specific scenarios. But it sounds like one of the reasons you cry is like you feel safe and yes. it feels good. And and it is like uh you know, a relearning or a corrective experience or something yeah. so that you feel like you're not in danger, you know. Like you really took us an emotional ro- roller coaster with that question. So. Yeah, <laughs> all over. We're talking about rough sex, and the next thing you know, you're crying and talking about, you know. But it is. It's like it's such a because if you've experienced trauma, especially sexual trauma, mm-hmm. it feels like a part of you has been stolen, and a part of mm-hmm. you somebody else has could like controls, and a healthy. And uh, consensual and negotiated uh, and planned sexual experience that is rough or whatever version of that you want can be so uh, powerful Mm. and like such a corrective experience in a way to tell you that look how like I'm in control, I'm safe, that bad thing isn't happening right now and like yeah it's really powerful it is really powerful so it can be connected to things that you've gone through in the past through trauma that you've experienced in the past and it also cannot be at all um it could just be like you love rough sex and it might be it might be like so simple as to like you you can't be rough in your like everyday life. And this is like a place where you can be rough. And so you want to explore that side of you or you want someone to be rough to you because like, you're the one you want to be like powerless in these situations and you feel really powerful in your life. So it's kind of like the opposite feeling. Um, it's also just like BDSM sort of stuff can be really sexy and really hot and really sort of like naughty, you know, like, uh, and that's like, that's a huge turn on to folks. So it's not necessarily like Sarah saying, it's not necessarily a trauma response. It can be connected to trauma or things that you've gone through in your past. There's a search sort of like a very wide spectrum. I don't think that you should like automatically pathologize yourself or get really worried if there's some deep seated trauma that you're not getting in contact with. And that's why you're such a freak in bed or whatever. Like that's not necessarily the case. And I found some research that showed that and this is like not I dug for some research. This is what the research shows that mm-hmm. people who practice BDSM are less neurotic, more extroverted, more open to new experiences, more conscientious, uh, less rejection sensitive and have a higher subjective well-being than non-kinky people. Mm-hmm. And BDSM uh, identified couples reported less stress as well as increased intimacy following play. So Look at that. that isn't a reason. <laughs> There you go. We're normalizing it. We're making it so, like, you don't have to feel bad about it. No shame over here, peeps. Yeah. Um, personally, I do not like rough sex. Like, I don't want I don't want someone to rough me up sex. Like, I'll go ahead and make it a little rough for you. That's fine. And that's, like, that's cute and a turn on. But I have, like, the most sensitive body. <laughs> that, but you're, like, like, a big cuddler, I would imagine. I'm a big cuddler. Yeah. I'm sensual. I take it slow. I'm sort of, like, I'm in the moment, but I also like to, like, toss you around a little bit. Um, it's But anything that's, like, even the least bit painful, all of a sudden I get worried for you and I, like, react personally, like, way too, way too much. So. You know, you could like turn anything into a kick. I can't believe how many people talked about cuddling in a way that was mm. like, oh, yeah, we're like cuddle. Like, I'm like, oh, that's like a thing. So do you remember? I think there was there's a seat at the table for you, Jeff. <laughs> I'm sure there is. Do you remember when like cuddling was very like not just like cuddling your friends or something, but there was like professional cuddlers out there. Was that yeah. ever? Yeah. yeah. There's in Portland. There is like this was back in maybe 2008 or something. I think in Japan, that's a thing. In Japan, it's a thing. Yeah, in Portland and Japan are sort of like they steal things from each other. And so we have these professional cuddlers in Portland. Uh, it was a it was a thing for like six to nine months. And, and, six and to nine months? It, it quickly went it's away. It's not even a full lease. <laughs> no, exactly. They were not. They were eventually like failed at the business. Um, but it was a very bizarre, wonderful thing. 
Is it like I, not enough people turned out? Like I, not enough customers came, and the people that came were just like, uh, like oh, feel yeah. a little like oh, I don't know about this. You know, like what are you actually looking for here? So yeah, yeah it so. felt like a. a it was play for something else. Yeah, it was like they were looking for like sex work when it was really cuddle work. But yeah. I think that there's you know maybe a line there that people that definitely want to try crossing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, who doesn't want companionship and a little cuddling? Oh. Right, we love cuddles here. Yeah. Before we answer any more of your questions, let's take a break and talk about one of our favorite sponsors. That's Native Deodorant and Sunscreen. You know, see what I always do is I get so excited about talking about like whatever sponsor we have that I'll, I'll talk about all my favorite things. And then I realize, Oh, I haven't even told you what the heck I'm talking about. <laughs> so this is like my preface, my like guys, job, I'm gearing Sarah. you up to tell you all the wonderful things that we love about native deodorant and sunscreen. Yes. And, and, you know, one of the things that I really like is that it's really easy for me to feel guilty when I buy the wrong product. That's just like bad for the environment that we all know is like problematic. And that's why I like to use native sunscreen and deodorants because it doesn't like fuck up the ocean. If you put in, if you put the sunscreen on and you jump in the ocean, it doesn't like mess everything up. But it, it like it's you're saving the environment basically. So should you feel guilty if you buy sunscreen that isn't native? Yes, one hundred percent. We are therapists and here to tell you that that is a very. You should feel not only guilty but ashamed of what you're doing no, if you're not. Do you care native. about the environment? Like in some states, like Hawaii, you're not even allowed to buy the other stuff. So right. here you go. This is great. And not only that, it comes in all those delicious scents that I know you love. I'm a big fan of the coconut and pineapple. They got rosé. They got sweet peach and nectar. And mm. it's going to have you, like, protecting yourself from the sun, uh, supporting our podcast. Hello, we love that. Smelling delicious and uh, keeping the uh, environment like, yeah. friendly and happy. So Yeah. If you want to smell like me, then you should get the sweet peach flavor because I love smelling like a peach. Uh, Sarah and I think that you should give your skin the protection it deserves with Native's mineral sunscreens. Go to nativedo.com slash TCE or use our promo code TCE at checkout to get 20% off your first order. That's nativedo.com slash TCE or use promo code TCE at checkout. Nativedo.com slash TCE or use promo code TCE. You are welcome. Look, I even have my sunscreen right with me. I have my like makeup bag. It's right, right next there. To me. We you we yeah. really use it. I know. Like <laughs> almost no empty too. Like this yeah. is my and I have such sensitive skin. I gotta get something that's like gonna be good for my skin oh my and God, yes. you know, not make me break out. So there you go. Get to it. Okay. Next question mm-hmm. uh, is, is it okay to leave someone with ele- erectile dysfunction? Uh, the sex is very important to me. So it sounds like they struggle with ED. They can't get it up and it's becoming a very frustrating situation. Uh, what do you think, Sarah? What should they do? Well, you know, I, I think it's, there has to be more that's keeping the relationship mm-hmm. together, like that you like about this person than just having sex with them. Because, like, you know, when I have strong feelings for somebody, I think, I don't always think this, but like, you know, if the, Eli could, like, I don't know, get in an accident and wouldn't be able to use. Mm-hmm. anything anymore and i still would be in a relationship with him because like i love that person and i love who he is so are you choosing the person or are you choosing like the equipment that the person comes with and often like erectile dysfunction isn't something that's like uh, necessarily like it, it, it can change like the situation it, maybe it can maybe this it could. is like yeah, yeah but there's there's lots of reasons why it might be happening yeah, is this like something you're talking to your partner about? Do they Right. Yeah. Are you talking to them about it? Have they gone to a doctor? Yeah. Is there something going on like with their body or medically? Or is it being caused by anxiety? Right? right. Because like anxiety is typically the cause of erectile dysfunction. And if that's the case, there are like a ton of things that you all can do, right? 
And if there's that that pressure, that feeling of, oh, no, if I don't get it up, my partner's going to leave me, I can't imagine something causing more anxiety or, like, mm-hmm. uh, add more yeah. pressure to situations. No, let me tell you, from a, from a person who has a penis, I yeah. fucking hate having a penis sometimes because there's so much goddamn pressure put on the penis to be like, it better be fucking hard or else sex isn't going to happen, which obviously isn't the case. There's so many sexy things you can do without a hard penis. Like there's, but there's, but there's so much pressure, especially like whatever. I grew up in the eighties and nineties and we weren't as progressive back then. So there was like what I learned sex was, which I still think most people probably learn is just like sex is penis in vagina. The penis has to get hard and you put it in the vagina and that's what sex is. It's only and it's done as soon as he finishes <laughs> right? oh. yeah. when he's done, it's done. Uh, so if you are, and then also like watching porn, like if you're a penis having person and you're watching porn, like all those dicks are super super hard the whole fucking time and so you're like um, especially if you're like a young boy watching i can't imagine what it would be like you're just like i I guess it's always got to be like that and if you're not always getting so there's so much pressure so much anxiety like put on the person that has the penis and so there's got to be like there's uh, it's hard and so like when you're like wanting to have sex with somebody and you want them to get hard and then they're not getting hard it is also like legitimately frustrating for you like you want to play with that hard dick i get it and it's not it's not getting there for you so to validate you're so like, nice to try to see the other side but you don't need to do that right now <laughs> you can just be mad at that yeah, that's People a good point. I'm, and I think that like that's a that's what gets in the way of a lot of people that have penises. We're like we are constantly looking at the other side of like they must think I'm not a man. They must think I'm not masculine. They must think something's wrong with me. They they're going to probably leave me. It's so funny because the other side of it what I usually hear is there's something wrong with me. He must not like me. They're not turned on enough right, like Right. It's always personalized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's we're the all personalizing it. it. Yes, yes. That's yes. what I'm saying. Ugh, God, there is this like so. This is like something that I've struggled on and off with, and it, it's always related to anxiety. And so, a lot of times, I'm going to like tell my partner, like, "Oh no, I this sucks for me." But there are like things that we can do in order to make it so that like I feel. Um, more at ease. And so there's like, usually it's some sort of thing that's like related to like, like edging or something. So, so, so like a fun little game that you can play with somebody that's like not able to get it up very well is be like, okay, so we're going to play this game where, um, I'm going to go down on you. I'm going to give you a blow job. And the second you get hard, I'm going to act all mad. And I'm going to storm off. <laughs> and if you look at you getting hard, not that's not okay. You're that. not allowed to yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah. And then you go away and I'm only going to go down on you again once you're totally limp. And then once you are, I'm going to go down on you. And once you're hard again, I'll be like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, that's not what you're supposed to do. And it creates, you do that like five, six, 10 times, whatever. It's this game where it sort of like allows you to like lose your erection. And it feels like silly. It feels cute. It's really fun. And then eventually what happens is just like, no, like get over here. Like, I don't want you to leave. Like, let's fuck now or whatever. Like you just sort of like stay in that place. But if you lose it again, it's okay and you just sort of like play the game over and over. So there's this. So try to figure out like what your version is of that to see if you can uh, create an environment where it's okay. There's also like, there's been like some women who have told me they're just like, oh, I really want to see you not hard. Like it's sexy for me when you're not because I want to like see it get hard. It's like you don't have yeah. to be like rock hard the whole time. Yeah. You know, so like as long as we're like normalizing it and doing all the other things that you can do without a hard dick, then we're good to go. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. work with it. There's a lot of, there's a lot of room there before, like, should I leave them? Is it Mm -hmm. okay? So first of all, it's okay to leave somebody whenever it's your life, leave somebody, stay with somebody. If that's like the most important thing in the whole world to you, maybe like assess your priorities, but (laughs) go ahead. Sure. But maybe there are some some steps before we do that mm-hmm. because there could be somebody really wonderful attached to that penis that sometimes has difficulty getting hard. 
Yeah. And I mean, again, and Sarah, that's a good point. Like if you don't want to go on that journey or if you want to just like find somebody who's like rock hard all the time, fine. They're not going to be like that for their whole lives, but right. like for sure. Okay. You do you, you know, like yeah. no judgment then that's fine, but make sure that like you don't like shame the person while you're leaving them and making them feel horrible. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Shame, shame, shame. Uh, okay. I love this question. What are your thoughts on sex tapes? <laughs> I feel like I, I saw this question. I think like this question or some other questions about sex tapes. This is tape like was more like, our opinion. Yeah, this, this is, is just our opinion. This is all our opinion. I think there was another question about this where they're like sex tapes. Is is everyone really doing this now? Like, is this like a thing? Yeah. It does. And I don't know, maybe if it's like, because I'm getting, we're getting older or I was just a kid or something. It, or it, probably the pro, it's just so easy to make a sex tape yeah. with our phones. And so it feels like there are so many more like personalized sex tapes that we're all making compared to when we didn't have phones. Do you get that feeling? I absolutely do. And I have had to fight my and defend my strict no sex tape policy mm. for a long time. And <laughs> it gets a lot of pushback, but. I take the position of like nothing is secure and anything could end up wherever's. And so that's your reason. That's your main reason. It's it's not secure. Okay. There's more. My main main reason is and okay maybe that's like I don't want other people to see. I a I don't think I look. I'm going to look as hot as (laughs) that. Whoever thinks I'm going to look when I'm making it, like I don't want to see that because like you can't unsee it. Mm-hmm. And then that's like all I'm going to imagine. I, I'm good. And then also I use the, the it's not even an excuse, the defense that after 11 years or 10 years on reality television, having so much of my experience taped without, like, I mean, with my consent, but then used however yeah. they want. And they right. even have like me hooking mm-hmm. up with people. Like somewhere sure. is, is sure. a tape of that you know Mm -hmm. and uh so yeah this is like a place where i put my foot down and i'm like no i'm gonna not make any and nobody gets to see that and you better just have a good memory and if you want to see it again (laughs) you're right there let's go Uh (laughs) tie me up i exactly i think sarah I, i like i like how you're just sort of like Giving permission to people to be like, no, you can just say no for, and it could be no, for good reason. It's a full sentence. Yeah. No. Yeah. Do not feel pressured to make a sex tape. Um, I love a sex tape. I hope that all of my sex tapes get leaked out <laughs> to, to the public. You should all see that. me. Have the, and that's just like a kink of mine. It's like, I'm yes. like a voyeur and I like to be watched and be watched and, you know, like, so I'm not, this is not an invitation to like dox or hack my phone. No, but, like, try do to not find, do that. Right. Do not do that. You're not going to, I'm like, I'm not, it's not going to be that easy to find my sex tape. I'm going to make it a little hard <laughs> on all this. of you. Um, but it is, I think it's like a really sexy thing to do, to have, to create with your partner. I think Sarah's correct in that. Like, it's not always the sexiest like angle that you want it to be. So you're not going to maybe like look as good as you're hoping, but it's, but it feels like a fun little adventurous thing to do. Um, the, I would recommend, however, that like you keep that within your relationship. And if the relationship ends, you delete it, you allow your partner to go on your phone to check and see, or to delete it themselves. Like it's not something that you should be keeping past the relationship. Right. Yeah, it's got to be a whole combo. Mm -hmm. I do, however, fully support document, like, taking pics. Oh, yeah? Sexy pics? And I feel like any picture that I've ever taken or had up, I also was, I'm like, yeah, go ahead, leak that shit. That looks awesome. (laughs) My ass looks great in that. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Make it go viral. Let's go. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a little, yeah, it's a little easier to control the angle of, like, a picture than it is a full-blown video, right? Yeah. And that feels like... Like, I don't know, something that's more private in a way. It does feel more. If I'm in intimate. Europe. I would be like topless at the beach, and like nobody would yeah, care. So like, right. okay, you see a nipple, and yeah, fine. exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, Jeff, time to take a break to talk about a sponsor that I don't think could possibly be a better fit for me. Mm. And that is First Leaf. It is a subscription wine company where mm-hmm. they like do this little quiz for you, which was so fun. I'll put up a little video of me, like my little quiz that and my mm-hmm. results that I did. Um, and you guys can do yours and then tell me what you got and all that kind of stuff. And they customize like this selection of wine just for you. Hand selected wines. And you know, like if you're a wine drinker, Sometimes, like, you get a little bored with the regular stuff mm-hmm. that's at the grocery store that you see all the time, or you do what uh, maybe I do, and you get so overwhelmed with the amount and the selection. Like, I live in a state where you have to go to a st- It's like a whole production. You Ugh. have to go to a store, like a specialty store. Mm-hmm. Then, like, I, I got to know what I want to know where to go. I never do. I can't tell what's good and what's not good. I feel like it's all just, like, advertising. I don't know. I, I can't sort it out. And I barely even know what I like. So that's why I absolutely loved using First Leaf. It was super easy, delivered right to your door, like... All you do is answer some specific questions about your likes, your dislikes, you know, all that on their website. It takes like five minutes. And not only that, you're getting them at a freaking amazing price. It is so good and like saves me all the time and the hassle of having to go to the grocery store and do all this. So I keep my wine shelf stocked now, thanks to First Leaf. Uh, And every selection is backed by their 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if they like pick a wine for you and you're like, nah, I hate it, Hmm. they'll swap it out for another Mm -hmm. one. So uh, like, you know, I've always heard that the best thing about a wine bottle of wine or the thing that makes a good bottle of wine great is like the friends that you share it with so i love like getting to reconnect with friends and family over bottles of first leaf wine and i bet you will feel that way too so give first leaf a try head on over and try firstleaf.com slash tce sign up and save 50 percent on your first six hand curated bottles plus free shipping that's t-r-y-f-i-r-s-t-l-e-a-f.com slash tce and save 50% on your first six bottles plus free shipping. So try firstleaf.com slash TCE. You're welcome. Okay. Next question is how do you ask for better aftercare? I will say that I would like to, I think that I am a good sex partner except for when it comes to aftercare. Oh, I am fucking horrible. And this is something I'm working on. This is like feedback that I have recently gotten from the last few partners that I've been with, where like I am such oh oh god, I'm Dan Savage talks about this. So I'm gonna defend myself a little bit while also taking responsibility. Yeah. Um, it's good accountability. I see this. this I'm such a good role model for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um Dan Savage talks about this, so this isn't like my research, and I also don't know ex- the exact name of the chemical that happens, but when like a man has an orgasm, something goes off in their brain immediately where they're just like, cool, I'm going to sleep now. And I don't even care about anything. There's just like all of a sudden, like all of the focus that they had on sex is no longer there. And they're just like, what's for dinner? You know, like there's just like chemically something shifts yeah. in our brains so that we're not even conscious of like, now let's like connect intimately and talk about the sex or hold each other or cuddle or continue to like take care of each other, do more sex or something like when an orgasm happens, when a man has an orgasm, there's something in their body that just makes it so that they're just like incredibly bad at aftercare. And that is what happens to me. So I have to be very thoughtful and plan even before I have sex to do aftercare stuff. Um, so if you're, if you struggle at it and if you're a dude, then that might be the reason why. And you know, I, I want to, Give you some motivation and confidence here, maybe, or, or I don't know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't take much. <laughs> Sometimes exactly. a warm towel can <laughs> right. be helpful. And uh-huh. just like a recognition that there's another human that's like in mm. the room. And, you know, now that you say that, I wonder if, like, if you were to look at the oxytocin levels like men versus women because i would imagine that like cuddle drug is what women people with the vagina are getting Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah in that moment 
There's and something. that makes you want to cuddle. It makes you want to cuddle. We can. It's probably. It's probably has to do with like evolutionary psychology. Yeah. Um, where it's just sort of like the man is there to spread their seed, and the woman is there to like, you know, nest and yeah. feel safe with the man. I don't know. Evolutionary mm-hmm. psychology also feels sexist and racist, but there's like, <laughs> maybe there's something there's, to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. All that being said, that does mm-hmm. not. That should not like give you an excuse to not yeah. do the aftercare. The aftercare. The aftercare, like after, like the after you orgasm, and hopefully both have some orgasms, um, or at the, least something that checks the box for a positive sexual experience. Because I don't yes. want to make orgasm the goal. The goal, exactly. Good anyway. point, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Yes. After you're both feeling satisfied in bed, I love that. And you start the aftercare. That's like the time where you start to kind of like get ready for the next sex, whether it's like later that day or a week from now. Like that's when the flirtation starts, right? It's not just sort of like settling in and not thinking about how to connect intimately or flirty or sexually. Like it just goes on forever. And aftercare is a big part. Yeah. And, you know, aftercare is something that can also, in the same way that you want to discuss what's going to go on while you're having sex, like what kind of sex feels good, what people like, aftercare is part of that. Like it's part of the, the like falls under the umbrella of the sexual experience. Just like everybody, the uh, like I, everybody's idea of foreplay and what people like to get their motor running is going to be different. Everything that people like or the things that people like to, uh, um, you know, wind down from that experience is Mm -hmm. going to be different. Mm -hmm. And it can be a really sexy time as well, where you get to talk about the things you liked about what just happened. My favorite thing that now is like something I think about all the time is when you said, talk about what you were thinking about while you were having sex, like anything that you imagined. <laughs> oh, I do that every time we have sex now. And do you? it is so fun to talk about afterwards because I think it, it also like Eli's that go to bed guy. And I told him, I'm like, I'm going to need like a little, I like a little TLC afterwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this, this like my own, uh, you know, do as I say, not as I do, or like learn from my mistakes kind of thing. Because I told him what I didn't like instead of giving him Mm. some instruction direction on what would feel good. Like Mm -hmm. saying just, you know, I don't like when you just get up and leave or whatever is kind of like being like, I don't like Chinese food. Right, yeah. That's it's like, when you're well, going so to decide foods. what restaurant to go out to. Well, okay, exactly. there's a lot of other kinds, and there, you gave me no information to help me out in the like next time. So instead, saying I sh- what I should have said, Eli, if you're listening, uh, this is me apologizing. <laughs> correcting that, back, yeah. Correcting uh-huh. it. Uh, <laughs> is like, that was fun. You know, I did a little compliment sandwich there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels so good. When you and I get a chance to cuddle afterwards, I feel so much more connected to you and so excited about the next time when afterwards we get to cuddle together. And I would be even more excited and, uh, uh, you know, feel even better if you got me a nice, like, warm towel. Like, wait Mm -hmm. for the water to get warm, which in our house takes freaking forever. So I understand that that (laughs) is a task. But... Mm -hmm. Nobody wants cold water. No, God, nobody wants cold water. Uh, uh-uh. yeah. I, the the thing that will like, the thing that I like best about aftercare are the questions. The question of like, what were you thinking about yeah. while we were having sex? Like you're saying, because usually I'm thinking about you, but I'm also fantasizing that we're in some different environment, and there's like fun little places that Ooh, I go to. That's fun. Uh huh. Um, and I also want to know like what felt good. What did you want more of? Um, what felt like awkward? What should we try next time that we didn't do this time or something? It's just like cute little questions to bond over. And here's what happens. If you don't talk about these things, then what can happen? Like food is always, I don't know, a good analogy for this or (laughs) works. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of like if somebody made you a meal and like, oh, they featured a side of, spinach mm-hmm. and you were like mmm 
And then they kept making you spinach because <laughs> they heard you say, mmm. And then, like, you're in too deep. And, like, what are you going to say after five years of them making spinach every night? Right. Oh, I hate spinach because that's what's going to happen. You're going to grow resentful. And then all of a sudden it's going to come out like, stop making me fucking spinach. I hate that. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Exactly. You gotta, like, apply this to your sex life. Here, yeah, right? yeah, we got it. You get, you get the gist. <laughs> yeah. So talk about it early. Talk about what you let you because you don't want to reject the spinach. You want to be like, you know what? I like even more baby carrots. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yes. Yeah. Get what you want. Baby carrots. I don't know. It's an interesting <laughs> food item that you. Chose. It must be the penis talk that made me like. <laughs> Right. You know, and in my mind, I was thinking, yeah, size doesn't matter at all either. So, you know, baby carrots popped into my <laughs> exactly. head. Here we are. Yeah. It's terrible. That's funny. Um, do we have time for one more question? What do you think, Sarah? Yeah, yeah. Let's do one more. Okay. Uh, let's do the next one. Um, how do you address STIs and have a quote unquote normal sex life with herpes? Um, what the hell is normal, yeah. right? What the heck is normal? Come on. Look at yeah. I censored myself. We could say hell. What the hell is normal? <laughs> I censored the wrong words. So I'm like, yeah, let's talk all about dicks and rope play, but I'm going to say heck. <laughs> so silly. Yeah. Because, uh, yes. yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, herpes is the, you know, the stat of like one out of four people have like H- HSV is true. There's yeah. like, and like the longer you're an adult having sex, uh, regular sex life or like dating, being like, a human on this planet, exactly. You're bound to get some sort of STI and HSV or herpes is like probably the one that you're going to, well, it, it might be 25% chance, <laughs> right? One out of four chance that you're going to get it. So this is, so there's a lot of other people that have herpes and it's, I don't want you to feel like ashamed or feel like there's something wrong with you. Um, and, and even if you're like being like the most protected as you possibly can using condoms or like being very diligent about like the people that you're sleeping with, there's still a chance that you're going to get yeah. something. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget. Once I was having a conversation with my grandma, who was like one of the smartest women ever, RIP. Uh, she died the morning of her 99th birthday, which is like super mm-hmm. badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was like progressive and, and just like with it and so smart. And I was, I must have like just gotten an STD test or something. And I was talking to her about like being really nervous about like getting these test results back. And she was like, what are you nervous about? I'm like, well, what if I have an STD? She's like, then you got an STD. Who cares? Like, mm-hmm. she's like, I'm in an old people's home. Half the, the so many people here have STDs <laughs> and everybody's fine. And like, you get to a certain age where you're not like, oh my God, they're not going to be with me. It's like, who the fuck cares? Like, yeah. are they good at bridge? Would I like to keep talking to them for the next 50 years? Those mm-hmm. are about the qualifications. It doesn't matter. Like those things, 90 mm-hmm. year old you is not going to be like. Oh my God, I'm so upset that I wasn't able to have sex with this person during this short period of time where they could transmit the virus to me. Exactly. Yeah, come on. Yeah. And you know what's hot is like if you have uh, an STI is knowing a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Like talking to a doctor, doing your research about it, and then yes. telling your partner, like, hey, so I have this, and here's the information you should know. Now think about it, and let me know what you think. You know, just like making sure that you're giving somebody all the information so that they can make an informed decision. Uh, and, and like, and I feel yes. safe if I know that you know everything about it, and now I can like consider all the options as well. Um, informed so it's just, consent. Exactly. Informed consent. It's yes. all about informed consent and decision making. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that being said, there's still a, there's still a stigma out there. It fucking sucks. It's a bunch of bullshit. Um, just you know, try not to like try not to be. Um, I feel like sometimes like some people get STIs and they're just like, I'm gonna ignore it. Don't. And that's not. That's no, not the move. People. That is not the move at all. It's so like information and knowledge is so powerful and empowering and having that information and being able to talk about it in an adult way will make the right partner feel so safe and so good and like mm-hmm. tell you everything you need to know about them when you do talk about this in a healthy and adult way. Like mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a little litmus test now. It is. How's this person going to react? And if they react like a freaking asshole, 
Yeah. Welcome to the curb. Oh, good. All right. What a fun episode. Keep sending us your sex questions. Keep sending us all your questions. We uh, have so many more to answer. Thank you guys so much for listening and for uh, using our codes and our sponsors. We just love you guys so much. And we'll see you next time. Okay, bye. Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners. Also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200.